Welcome to the Small Town Big Dreams podcast. My name is Becky Waples, and this is the podcast that celebrates small town creators and shares their stories. A creator to me could be an entrepreneur, someone with a side hustle, a person with a passion project, even a social media guru or anybody else who has taken their goal and is crushing it. From their background to where they found the courage, from their challenges to their wins, to where they find inspiration and how they took their first step, I cannot wait to chat and laugh about anything and everything that comes with creating something from scratch. If you are inspired by small town creators who turn their big dreams into reality, then this is the podcast for you. Please subscribe to hear all upcoming podcasts, follow me on Instagram and leave a review or comment so I know what you want to hear and what creators inspire you. Let's grow together. So thanks, Will, for joining me today. I don't know how much you know about this podcast, but I reached out on Reddit to see if anybody in Grapers knew a creator or if they were a creator and if they'd want to join me for my podcast because it's still relatively new. And you were the first to reach out. And you basically said, you're a young guy. You just started this. Well, did you just start your new business? We can get into that. But yeah. what you told me was really exciting, and I'm really glad that you were able to connect. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on here. It's exciting. Yeah. Have you been on a podcast before? No, I have not. No. Listen to a lot of them, but never been, never been in the seat before. I hope you enjoy it. I originally started by asking small businesses, like, so what podcast have you been on that have asked you about being a creator? And everyone's like, no, no one's ever asked me. No one's ever inquired about it. And so that's kind of where I got started. I was like, people should. People should be asking these questions and finding out the stories of these small town creators. So that's kind of where this got started. And it's exciting to connect. Yeah, no, for sure. No, it's a great idea. Because yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting people with good stories to tell. And podcasts are a great way to do it. Exactly. Let's get started. And can you tell me about your business? Well, put it simply, I make things out of wood. I, uh, I've been doing a little bit of custom work the past couple of years and continue to do that. I've been doing this for about five years now. So I started when I was 16 and in my family, we've always had uh, like my, you know, everyone speaks always highly of the grandparents and I will too. Um, just a phenomenal wood carver, insanely talented. And when I was growing up, that influence never really uh, rubbed off on me, but then it really started to once I was getting kind of through high school and you know there's a lot of pressure obviously to oh what college and university are you going to and that wasn't really for me and then I was in the shop classes and I just absolutely fell in love with it and that's actually where I got started with Tim work I cut out a math class once I finished my assignment just go straight to the wood shop and I started making uh little breadboards for the markets that I started to attend at the time so that's how I got started and then I did yeah just a lot of like farmers markets stuff like that the really big thing was jewelry, and so those that might know me, um, they probably know me for my jewelry because that's uh, pretty one-of-a-kind style for at least around here. And uh, I did that, and I started kind of going to larger pieces like with furniture and stuff like that. Then I went to trade school for cabinet making, worked in cabinet shop for a bit. So I kind of learned how to start making bigger pieces. Yeah, so that kind of brings us to today where I'm starting to uh, building a lot more furniture, doing more custom work. And yeah, it's been great. I love it. That's awesome. So you told me a lot there. So your company is called Timmerwork. Where did that name come from? Yes, yeah, kind of a funny story. So a lot of people assume that my name's Tim, which it's not. It's Will. <laughs> oh, I, I did it first too. Yeah. Yeah. But where it came from is my sister lives in the Netherlands. She's lived there for a couple of years now. And 
uh, brilliant when it comes to languages. And I really quickly became fluent in Dutch. So she tried unsuccessfully, mind you, to teach me Dutch. When I was making a company, I, yeah, just went to Google Translate and see what the Dutch word for carpentry was and actually fell in love with the name. So, so Timorak is the Dutch word for carpentry. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. At least, yeah. Yeah, it seemed to. Very cool. And then you also mentioned that you started at 16. So you started in shop classes? Yeah. You must have a warehouse or production center at your house. Did you start that at 16 too, kind of collecting or? Um. Yeah, kind of. So I was living at my dad and yeah, there's a little um, shop out in the, had out in the garage and it was like the tiniest garage. Like it could barely fit like a small like Nissan Versa, like it was just <laughs> tiny. So, but that's where, yeah, I got started. And my dad had a couple like little tools that I'd borrow. And then, and just seeing the questions being touched on this a little later too, I got, once I figured out that I wanted to do to my work, I did this program through the business center and own sounds. I just can't remember it was off the top of my head. And yeah, they gave me a good grant. So then I got invested there. I did start, to, yeah, my dad's place um, as well as in the shop class. And then you also mentioned talented grandparents. Ex- expand. Yeah, for sure. So my grandpa, he, and so I guess, and it's been a while in our family too, where he came from, they would like do logging and shipbuilding, stuff like that. And my grandpa was around that a lot growing up and like he loved woodworking and he never, he's never like uh, did it professionally, but yeah, he was just like an exceptionally talented carver. Um, he has this big storage of wood. He cut down a lot of trees and milled the wood. So he has this giant, this shed just like filled to the brim with like live edge boards and stuff like that. Just all types of lumber he cut himself. Did he tell? Would he have a name that people might recognize? No, he never He never sold. He went to a couple art galleries. And he's not exactly from this area. They live more okay. Peter. Yeah. But yeah, he just kind of did it as a hobby. Very cool. And Sorry, I should have asked you, well, where are you from? Yeah, uh, so I am living in Durham and my new wood shop that uh, I haven't actually quite announced yet, but it is going to be in Holstein. Okay. Uh, the shop in up for, I guess I've been renting it almost three years. Uh, I just moved from us up in Meaford, so it's kind of all over the county. Very um, cool. I, um, so I was at a wedding last night. My brother-in-law got married and do you know Shauna Harvey? She runs the... Christmas show, I think, is at the Bayshore. Oh, okay. I don't know her personally, but I went to that show, yeah. Okay, because I told her that I was interviewing you tonight, and she said that, yeah, you go to, that she was like, oh, he's incredible. He comes to my Christmas show. And you mentioned that you started with farmer's markets and Christmas shows. Are you doing that again this year? Yeah. Yeah, with farmer's markets, and next next summer, I do want to make a point of going to more kind of the summer markets. I find myself a little busy with commission work to do a lot during the summer, but Christmas is certainly the big big time of year. So I go to, yeah, there's a couple. There's one in Thornberry. That'll be November 19th. Ooh, where all there's one in Port Elgin getting November. Pardon? Are you going to the one in Port Elgin? Yeah. That, uh, what's it, West Link Club? West Link. Yeah. So I live in Port Elgin, so I will come and just introduce myself because I haven't been to that Christmas show, but it's really good. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll see you there. Yeah. Nice person. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Have you always wanted to own your own business? Uh, so funny enough, no. I, um, yeah, I never would have foreseen myself doing this. Yeah, it's all kind of just happened by 
just chance really. And I'm glad where it went out. But yeah, I never, never once thought. It wasn't like a goal of yours. No. Do you do this full time? Not at the moment. Right now it's, yeah, kind of do it part time. Is your full time job, is it woodworking related or? Yeah, kind of. So I work for a blacksmith and also a really talented guy. His company name is Live Iron Forge. Okay. Just does exceptional work. And I've learned a lot of He's been a really big influence and also uh, just a big supporter. Like, you know, if kind of the deadline's coming up on a project, like, hey, I can just need a couple of days to finish this up. And yeah, it's really good to help support that. So, and yeah, just learning lots of kind of complementary skills. And also that's how I've gotten into the metalworking is through there. Yeah, I was going to say, are you using some of those talents in your woodworking to create like something really unique? Or? Yeah, yeah, precisely that. Yeah, like a lot of the skills is on. So I've really been learning is just how much like it's all really just basic geometry. So you just kind of have an idea and just kind of like reverse engineer it to think of what parts you need and like how to kind of work backwards to the process. And yeah, you can make some really interesting stuff, something that you wouldn't think about. You're how old are you? You're 21. Yeah. When I was 21, I wasn't creating anything. I, that wasn't on my brain at all. I'm really, when you told me you were 21, I was like, I have to interview this guy. He must be incredibly motivated. Is that something, is that a word you would use to describe yourself or? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think for me, it's, I'm pretty lucky that I found my calling pretty young. Even if, you know, later down the road, it's not necessarily woodworking, just making in general is really right. like what I meant to do. And yeah, I think when you're passionate about it and really care that it's really easy to just get sucked in. I mean, my social life might be lacking a little bit, but like I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Like I just love making things and I just love seeing something that I did at the end of the day, you know? Oh, absolutely. I would say it took me a lot longer. Like I'm 35 now and I think last year was the kind of the year was like, I'm ready to create something. Like I'm really ready to call something myself and kind of like leave a legacy. And so it's really cool that you discovered that so early. Oh, yeah, I agree. What, uh, what do you do for creating this this podcast okay yeah <laughs> yeah there's a no i um i wouldn't say I, I have like any sort of well that's not fair but i wouldn't say i'm artistic i'd say i'm more of a people person so my goal was really i want to create something what should i create i kept asking like what should i create and i my last job was in hr so i was doing recruiting i was constantly interviewing people so i knew that was something that i had a good skill uh, so I've also gone to school for marketing. So I'm, I was trying to think of something that you could kind of incorporate both of those. I also love to talk. I also love to meet, meet new people. So the podcast worked for me. Oh, well, my goal is to, if it worked, maybe. Have you ever faced any challenges or have you had any hiccups since you started? Yeah, yeah, a lot. But I mean, that's just all part of the process. The very first one I came in contact with was at that small shop I was telling you about um, my dad's place and it was actually my first ever like furniture commission was this uh, four foot by eight foot bookcase and because of the size of the shop there was no room to do anything else besides walk around this bookcase so that was probably my first big challenge realizing that it's not all sunshine and roses when you're right. <laughs> doing custom work and then I'd say probably the um, my biggest challenge in general and that challenge just aside a little bit with the new shop kind of for the past well I moved into the shop in me for 2019. So it was an hour's drive every time I wanted to do something because I was working during the week. Every week I have to make the hour drive up. And like if I had a big project on the go that there's a deadline, you'd be like drawing up the evening sometimes, just do like 
two hours of work and drive back. So that was probably my biggest challenge. Followed closely by my new shop being a uh, decommissioned chicken barn. So I had to clean all the chicken remnants out and build from scratch. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting dilemma. <laughs> Do you ever face any challenges with your age? Do people assume that you are as talented as you are? Is that is anything you've encountered? That's a fantastic question. Not that I've really noticed. I've had like maybe the odd, like almost passive aggressive statement, but people I've worked with have been really fantastic. And when I go to the art markets, like people don't have that because they see my work right in front of them and they can see what I can do. So I personally, yeah, I haven't really had that. No, I will say that if I shave though, people certainly would because I look 12. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say when I went to your website, when you showed me like, hey, would you be interested in interviewing me? Your work really speaks for yourself. I would, all you have to do is like, yeah, you're exactly what you said. Like, look at my work. I'm clearly talented. <laughs> um, but I thought maybe if you had just said, I, I don't even honestly know, but if someone had said, had just seen you, not your work, and they were like, maybe like kind of rolled their eyes, but then you kind of showed them what you could do. And they were, they obviously stepped back and said, okay, I was wrong, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I really appreciate what you said. And yeah, I think I've been lucky cause when I'm, doing like talking with people in the public like i'll have like at markets i'll have my work right in front of me or if they found me online they probably went to my page first so um right yeah and i think also for my age i've done it for not a crazy long time but for five years of woodworking like i've gotten a fair like you know kind of did my apprenticeship quote unquote so um oh yeah you said you you got your cabinet maker yeah, so I'm not the here like trade school. Uh, I've done my red seal test for that yet, but like yeah, I've done the trade school, and I've also made a lot of stuff with wood. So I think uh, yeah, it's been great. Proven yourself, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Timberwork. Yeah. Tell us about uh, your business. So you've mentioned commission work a lot. Is that where most of your business comes from? Mission work. Yeah. Yeah, nowadays it is. I absolutely love doing markets. But for myself personally, when I'm going to say probably the um, people that go to markets full time, they're like really going to be on top of that. I, For me, it was just like a lot of driving and what I do all right at markets, not enough to really like pay bills. So um, the commission work has definitely been better for that. And how do you find your customers or how do they find you? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a bit of them seeking me out and also from word of mouth. So I've gotten a client I've done a couple jobs for uh, just through Google Ads. She found my website and liked my work. My recent project, I mean, five of these tables, I have a lot more (laughs) work to do from coming up. But um, I don't know if you know Zach Keshig. I used to work with Zach. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I saw the tables that you did for him just on your website. I haven't seen them in person, but when I saw that collaboration, I thought that was pretty cool because I've reached out to Zach to see if he would do this podcast as well. And he oh. said, yes. Yeah. So it's so like he came through word of mouth. I don't know if you know Jenny Handley. Oh, let me know Jenny Handley. Yeah. Yeah. She does. Um, It's called the Handley Institute. And yeah, she works with kids and gets like Zach's been there to teach them cooking. I've done like oh, talking yeah. there. Definitely uh, reach out. She's. Good. Yeah, she's been a good marketer for me too. She sent a couple people my way. So, yeah, I don't really seek out people. I think people have found me for the most part. That is, that's very cool. 
I want to know, like, what do you offer? So is it very customized? If I, you mentioned bookshelves, you mentioned breadboards, jewelry. Um, I've obviously seen tables and benches. But if someone came to you with a incredibly custom, and I, nothing comes to the top of my head, but maybe like a giant corner desk, are you willing to work for them? Yeah, yeah. I um, right now I'm kind of at a point where I can't be too <laughs> too much of a beggar. I do. I think the, when people see my work, they kind of see the style that it's yeah, definitely more custom. And I like working with people to collaborate, how to get their vision, but also kind of like add like a flair to it. So I feel like yeah, people would probably choose my business for the fact that. I'm willing to think a little bit outside the box if they want, like, let's say that corner desk, if they want like a built-in charging port or something, I happily work with them to make something work for that. Um, yeah, I think just being, yeah, being able to be flexible with kind of what the client wants, but also take what the client wants, but also kind of put my own uh, like aesthetic twist on it too. Well, I love that. That's a, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched base on that just a couple seconds ago. What makes you unique or different? I think it's, for me, my willingness to, yeah, look a little bit outside the box. Like one thing when I was starting out, um, trapping is too long, but when I was starting out, I'd always be looking at Pinterest for inspiration. Like I was always thinking, what should I make? What should I make? Um, I never really learned, didn't really think for myself, but since then, I've learned to just kind of put the phone down and just actually think what I want to make. So I think the way I utilize materials, some of the design elements I like, for instance, uh, the tables I made for Zach, like it really, that table like design really evolved as I was working on. I was like, oh, like I should do this instead. I should add this, you know, metal collar here. And right. yeah, it just comes down to like, yeah, it still does the same function by able to add just something that you don't really see elsewhere to it. Coming this November from the Chessie Community Players, Aesop's musical foible. Get ready for a wild ride of laughter, music, and classic tales. The resentful fox, the egomaniac hare, and more come to life as hysterical characters on stage that only Aesop and the audience can see or hear. Catch the show November 17th, 18th, 24th, or 25th at 7 p.m. or November 19th or 26th at 2 p.m here at the Bijou Theatre in Chesley, Ontario. Tickets are $25 for adults and $15 for students, a show for all ages. Get your tickets now and join them for a night of fun, laughter, and fantastic music. You can get your tickets at the Chesley Remax, 519-363-3335, or through Eventbrite. You've got a tale to tell. So you must be very creative, like in incredibly creative. Yeah. I try. <laughs> but do you, did you always realize that like growing up, do you have other creative hobbies? That's a good question. I, so for one thing, I positively uh, suck at drawing. Like I, the only class in my entire life that I failed was, I think it was grade seven art. Um, <laughs> kind of funny enough, but I would say, my creativity was in other ways. Like I always enjoyed creative writing. I like I don't do any writing really now, but um, I do enjoy the idea of writing. And also, I guess photography too. Recently, I've kind of discovered photography. Um, I love love taking pictures. Um, not a photographer, I'm just a guy with a camera. But when I was growing up as well, kind of tying back to the writing a bit, 
I would just make like really elaborate stories with the Legos I was playing with. Like there's so much backstory. Like it would make a great TV show. But um, yeah, so as far as like visual arts, I actually never really knew that I had it into me until I started woodworking. But I would say that the creativity took other forms. That's, yeah, definitely. I want to ask you about the business center that when your grant that was was that in was that through um was that that's based in Owen Sound? Yeah. <clears throat> was, uh, was it for youth or is it was it for anybody? Yeah, so that one in particular was for youth and it just insanely amazing program. So it's called Summer Company and you get a total grant of three thousand dollars and you do a couple of seminars like on like budgeting. Okay marketing, a couple things like that. And you got like sent to worksheets and stuff. And then you had to do like a timetable of your hours to prove you're actually doing something to the money and all that. But yeah, it was the program that helped me get started. I bought a couple machines with it, um, lots of material with it. And yeah, especially when you're, because I, I believe it's from the ages 15 to 29 um, and you have to be going to school the following year, which is right. the company. So if you're in that age bracket, like $3,000 is a lot to get started, especially if it's kind of a hobby and you're kind of dipping your toes in it. And I strongly recommend it to anyone, any of my peers or younger, a little bit older. Like it's just a phenomenal program. I'll put the link in the show notes if anyone wants to check that out, because I agree with you. I, I think it's an excellent program for people to look into as well. I, I did want to touch base on that a little bit, but back to Timberwork, what do you think is the future like what do, where do you see Timberwork in five years to be honest i'd like to do a little bit of commission but what i'd ultimately like to do is do more like online sales and it is trickier and i still have a lot to learn about like cast selling through etsy because i'd like to maybe not even as a full-time income or anything but just as like a supplementary to make just make the things i want to make like i have a bunch of designs for furniture and stuff that i just haven't had the time to make so i'd really like to um, learn how to sell them on Etsy and just sign. Yeah, I can really not be working. I'm just solely playing and making some money off that. Realistically, I'll still be doing commission work, but I would like to do. Uh, I see myself finding more the niche I'm looking for, like, you know, people like Zach, like doing, um, you know, kind of higher or, or fancier, like restaurant tables, stuff like that. It's really the avenue I'd like to take for custom work. Um, and I'd still like to attend the odd market here and there with kind of my small like jewelry or like little boxes and stuff like that just for fun right your restaurant table idea is very cool you could market yourself as like a really high high quality you pay for what you get mm -hmm. um tables and come to my restaurant we have timber work tables it could be exactly. a thing yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's a pretty cool idea Thank you. Do you have any exciting projects or goals on the horizon? Yeah, so I've touched on it briefly. I'm, I don't know if this week or next week I'll kind of fully unveil it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, just, you don't have to unveil it here if you don't. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I've been kind of excited to talk about it because it's been a lot of working and not a whole lot of talking. Um, so yeah, I mentioned that I'm opening up a shop and basically a decommissioned chicken bar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the funny thing, and I'm so glad it worked out to this, when I did the math for how many chickens used to live on my side 
of the barn. It's only half the barn. There's one million chickens in its career. But yeah, so yeah, it's been a lot of a lot of work. You know, it was a lot of <laughs> a lot of things to clean up. Some pretty liberal use of industrial cleaners. But I've been yeah, I basically built the dream shop that I've been wanting so badly. Um, and it's not an hour away from me, and everything just laid out how I want it. So the shop I was in before was pretty much someone messaged me through Instagram said, hey, in our family, we had a contractor who passed away. Would you like to work out of a space? And it's like the shop was set up for how he worked and just wasn't the way I worked. Um, again, it was a great startup and all that, but to actually build a shop that's triple the size of what I had before and everything's just where I want it to be. So that's been the big exciting thing. But as far as on the horizon, um, I've got some more tables to make for Zach. Nice. And in his new space that he's opening up soon, he wants to do like siding with like live edge boards and stuff. So I'll be doing that in the coming year. Very cool. Okay. So I like to ask because my podcast is based in a small town. How mm-hmm. do you find the Gravers region contributes to your business? Oh, uh, I would say quite positively. Um, and the reason I say that is just the amount of support that I've gotten like through that, you know, that program I was telling you about. But more importantly, like just how many people like that I meet at markets that you know, they had a woodworker in the family, so they drop off a little bit of wood or, you know, they're willing to come, you know, teach me some things or like help me out a little bit. So yeah, I've just been so lucky, like just the people have been so supportive and also the fact that like they accepted me so well at like going to these markets and stuff. Like it was just always like continuous support from those people buying it, other vendors, just like give me some, you know, a little bit of advice just in general. Like it's just been, people have just been fantastic here. Uh, so uh, like I mentioned when Shauna said, oh, his work's incredible. And you mentioned that you know who she is, but don't know her super well. Markets yeah. are little families. Like those become your friends. Those become, I think that, and maybe you would know better than me, but if e- even if like the bread maker at the market and someone mentioned something about woodworking, I would assume they'd reach out, they'd tell them all about you. Like yeah. you do somebody that wanted some bread you would tell them all about them that you become a real community just in the market area yeah because especially when i was doing the farmers markets through the summer i took a couple different ones so i really met a lot of people and yeah you're absolutely right because like you're spending so much time with each other you know when things get a little slower like all there is to do is go around and chat with all the other vendors yeah you're totally right like it really is like a small family of type and i don't know if you know ron barnett he does like a lot of like kind of the great highlands um farmers markets and stuff like that like the other art shows and like he's so good like always sending me something like that and like he, he knows that i'm not always super with me you know so something like hey you, know, you probably didn't see it so here you go um so yeah like they just know he just gets to know them really well and yeah you're totally right part of the reason why i wanted the podcast is because i wanted to really highlight the stories of people who are working in these markets because i find them so they're just the nicest people Mm-hmm. And it's just so, so it's just funny that you said that, no, and I, no, I agree with you that you become a little family and you start collaborating and you start sharing this with everybody. And I didn't have anything physical to share in these markets. So I was like, well, how can I become a part of that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's a really great way. Cause I think that's, um, okay. So I have nothing but good things to say about the markets. The one thing that I think could see a little bit of improvement is just like community outreach. Like there's a lot of people, like a lot of the people at Goats them are, I want to say generally in the older size, I think there needs to be some way to bring kind of new people yeah. into the markets because I, I think a lot of young people would be super interested in what's here. They just like don't know it's here. They don't know the stories. They don't know the people. So I think having 
more novel ways of getting to know the makers like this podcast you know if you have like a social media for it or something like that man it's a fantastic way to yeah to share what's actually like what's happening with like within our communities i really like that you said that how many younger people do you see when you go to the markets that have their own boots um so there's one other funny enough he's also a woodworker yeah his name's jacks woodworks um and he does like charcuterie boards and stuff, but he's the only other person my age. Like there are some kind of like mid twenties or early thirties people, but not, yeah, definitely more, more so probably forties plus if I were to say. I, I agree with you. I think it's the people like me who kind of go through like a midlife crisis. And it's like, I don't want to work for somebody yeah. every day. I want to kind of do my own thing. And I have a passion for this. And you I think we're touching on something pretty cool right now because uh, you're right. It's about 40s. And I don't think people in their 20s, they might be kind of just, I do that. Like I go to a nine to five job. And so it it is, I think we're touching on something kind of cool here because you're right. The podcast could maybe highlight that there's other ways to make money and get your foot in the door through these markets. Because eventually the 40-year-olds are going to make, probably retire. Or it, is it true? Because you'll see retirees there too. A great thing to do when you retire is go to markets yeah. and sell your little stuff. But I mean, yeah, it would be kind of cool to get younger people inspired to start their own thing and know that the markets aren't a scary place. Like you have a community there and they welcome you and they want you to do well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I don't really know what the like root cause of wall would be. Yeah, because any young people listening, just go for it. Like if you have, uh, you know, if you like, I don't know, there's so many different types of craft you can do. Like if you're a painter, photographer, anything like there's, and the thing is there are so many, there's a lot of talent at the markets, but there's just so many like ways you can be talented and they're always accepting new kind of forms of craft. So if you, I'm sorry, if it's a little out there, just go for it. Like the, Try it. Yeah. And especially where we are, like the market fees are really reasonable so like you really don't have to put a whole lot in and quite bluntly like you do make it back pretty easily so yeah for any young people and i and yeah i just wish more people my age knew that it's like and even on a grand sense like even if they don't want to go to a market and monetize it just there's a lot of talented people i know that just don't they don't realize that they're talented and they think oh well, i i can't like i'm not talented all this stuff it's like just shut up yes you are you're good i think a lot of people uh, like their inner voice or intrusive thoughts are telling them that they're not good enough and then they can't do it. And they think it takes a special someone to, to be able to do that. Like it takes a special, it takes a risk taker. It takes a special person to be able to put themselves out there like that. Mm-hmm. And I wish that everybody knew that it just, yeah. you just have to like, you just have to start. Just go, yeah, just yeah. do it. Yeah, like if I'm here, other people can certainly do it too. So how many times have you thought, Maybe I should change my mind. And then you build something and you get the best reviews and you're just beaming. Yeah, frequently. It's um, all the people that are close to me in my life know that, especially the bigger commissions are, I can be a bit of a roller coaster. And I think, especially if you're a creative type, that's pretty, I think that's kind of just, it's part of the double edged sword. Like that's, uh, yeah, you have those thoughts of self doubt. You have those thoughts like, oh, I'm not good enough. Everything I make sucks. This and that. Like, I think that's pretty, I think it'd be pretty hard pressed to find a maker that's like, oh no, everything I do is perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Just kind of not letting that inner voice win and just because, yeah, you're totally right. Like at the end of the project, like you look back and it's like, wow, like 
actually made something in it. Yeah. Well, it's good. And I'm the only one that sees all the flaws with it. Um, Have you faced any challenges by being in a small town? Probably the hardest part would be, and especially because is a little bit more on the specialty side, probably finding materials would be the hardest part. Um, like, there's a lot of people that have like sawmills and stuff like that. But if you need, like, for instance, when I made Zach Stables, I used a lot of resin. Places that's closest to me, which is Welbeck Sawmill, they're, you know, great and stuff like that. But I can only access them at a certain time because they close before I get off work. And yeah. I can go there or I can drive all the way to Collingwood. So like to get to get things you need, I think probably, yeah, materials and sourcing what you need is probably the hardest part. Now that's become a lot easier with the internet. Like I'm glad I'm not doing this right. years ago where you can get stuff shipped fairly easily. So that kind of negates it. But if you're, you know, picking up large, okay, let's say a large slab of wood, you can't really buy that online. You kind of have to go see it and pick it up. So yeah, I think that's probably the hardest part. That's a great answer. Do you have like a small business hack? I always ask like, what's your, is it, it could be like, I talk to my, it's constant motivation talking to myself, but is there anything that you would say is your small business hack or um, strategy? Yeah, I'll tell people my best advice my grandpa gave me is just, if you have an idea, just try it. And the worst it's going to do is that won't work, but at best you might have something great. I think that's really helped me of just, yeah, just having the courage to try new things and kind of explored some uncharted territory because I think every person that's ever lived has had that imposter syndrome. You know. So yeah, I think my best advice would just be just try it out and see what happens. I agree with you. Just try it on. Just try something. Try. If you have an idea, just try it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, it's kind of funny. It's so simple that it almost shouldn't work. <laughs> but it does very well and it yeah i think the big thing at least for me is just breaking free of those intrusive thoughts and just be your inner voice i guess <laughs> yeah date your inner voice uh if you have an idea just try it out i love that now i normally do like a rapid fire round or just like a little fun and it kind of puts you on the spot yeah. so to end us out i want to ask you just because i don't know you i and i so i just want to yeah. ask you like get to know you question so are you like a traveler? Have, you said your sister's from the Netherlands. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been there twice. Um, she's lived there since 2018. So yeah, I've been there twice. Yeah. Twice. I was going to ask you, where's your favorite place? Like on, where's your favorite place to visit on earth? It could be Collingwood, but it might be yeah. Netherlands now. Who knows? Yeah. So locally, um, like place anyone here can go-to would be uh, Old Baldy or the Arboretum and Own Sound, just two amazing places to hike and some of the best scenes in Ontario, I think. The Probably my absolute favorite place on Earth, uh, I had the privilege of going to the Redwoods, and that is just otherworldly. Like, it, you feel so small and insignificant. You just feel the power of these, like, thousands of years old trees that are however many dozen feet in diameter. Like, it's just if you ever have the chance to go, definitely go. Yeah, I feel like I am embarrassed to ask, but where are the redwoods? So you can get them. They do grow in BC. Um, so there are some pockets of old growth redwoods in BC. Well, I personally went to California. It was two years ago, I guess. Now my dad took me on a trip there. And yeah, just amazing. So yeah, in California, I don't know if they grow all up the west. I think they grow all the way up the west coast and select bogs. They have a really niche environment, which is why they grow so large. Um, but I think you find those pockets all along the west coast. Uh, cool, because we're trying to plan a trip to the west coast for this summer. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah South Foot doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it's just the, yeah, just change your, 
I don't know about change, which really puts things in perspective, I think. I like, the, I, I'm from Lion's Head, so I, I don't even know this is similar, but when I, when you walk to like the Lion's Head cliff, I don't know if you've done that. Yeah. My favorite part isn't even the cliffs. My favorite part is there is a part when you're walking that is just trees and they cover everything and there are little uh, ceilings around the ground. And that is my favorite part of that hike. And I've done that hike dozens of times. I will always spend the most time there. And if I am hiking like with my husband, he's like, no, come on, we're, we're going to see the cliffs. I'm like, just enjoy this part right here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's, I don't think humans can ever like fully understand just like, just I don't want to get too hippie or push my own beliefs or anything, but uh, <laughs> but just the life force that's there is just like you, like you sense it, like it's um, just so peaceful. And if, I don't know if you ever heard of something called the wood wide web. Yeah, if ever or if anyone's ever bored um, and want to go down internet rabbit hole, Google the Wood Wide Web, and it's just so fascinating. It just talks about like tree consciousness and or sentience, and just how the forest works, and it just changes how you look at the nature around you because yeah, you already sense that when you're just surrounded by trees and it's so peaceful, and quiet, and yeah, you feel small. <laughs> I'm a big reader, like I read a lot, okay. and my friend, my friend is she's a friend of mine from Guelph. And she suggested a book on trees a while ago. And I was like, I I got to read it. So I'm just going to see if I can find it really quick. It's yeah. not. Yeah, because there's there's two that kind of immediately jumped to mind. Um, one I believe is called Finding the Mother Tree by Susan Sicard. I haven't finished that one. The one that I did read was um, it's called The Secret Life of Trees by it's a jerk. And he was one of the That's people. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of like instrumental people too change how we view trees um yeah was a german forester and yeah just really really interesting book good really good it must be a sign because when I, she originally said it i thought i should i should read that book and now i have to and yeah. my mom read a book the golden spruce and that was a pretty good book too she said yeah i haven't heard of that one i'll check that out all right sorry back to yeah yeah oh What's the most adventurous thing you've ever done? Oh, good question. Or or want to do. Yeah. Or want to. Um, so I haven't done it yet, but one um when I finish my apprenticeship for the blacksmithing, I want to take like a month or two off and do like a trip around the US, like just drive around. And the one thing I want and people tell me this is a bad idea, but I really want to try storm chasing. Cause I absolutely oh. love powerful storms. Kind of kind of similar for like lovingly like a forest of trees i used to like just feel like the power of yeah. so i really want to try that and from a distance i'd like to see a tornado but i might also turn around if there's one <laughs> yeah that's a pretty good no that's a pretty good answer we had like a it wasn't called a tornado but it was called um like a, it was it was like a stronger than a severe storm obviously in sobble beach and i was driving home from work and uh there was tree just down trees down everywhere okay. and so and i was driving my dad's tiny little i don't even know what it is it's only like a three cylinder and i got to a point i was driving around trees the whole time and then there was obviously eventually i got to a tree that i could not drive around in this tiny little car so i had to turn around and then um on my way back to sobble i was driving around more trees so trees were falling down around me as i was driving and i was like oh so i'm just in the middle of a tornado right now but yeah so yeah. good luck i mean i've tried it apparently and it wasn't great but okay <laughs> yes 
Uh, okay, I'm just gonna ask two more questions. Yeah. Um, if you could switch careers, what would you do? If you could switch careers to what? What's something you'd want to try on? Probably masonry, because I've I've been playing around a little bit with like cutting stones and stuff. But yeah, I'm. I think to do like kind of proper masonry, I'm not quite the right build. But I, I stonework is really cool, so I'd probably be. But if I were to do something that like wasn't making, probably something in teaching. So I've done teaching a little bit, and I do really enjoy. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's really rewarding. And then my very favorite question to ask anybody is, and it's morbid, but if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you kind of a weird answer. I would ask for just a big bowl of clementines. They are my favorite food in the wintertime. I can't get up for Christmas. My mom got me just like a big box full of clementines and they were gone by January. I don't know what it is about them, but yeah, I just can't put them away. Well, I love that answer. I love that answer. Okay, so thanks, Will. Where can we find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, probably one of the better places to follow me. Um, it's timmerwork dot or yeah, timmer dot work. But if you just look up timmerwork, uh, you'll find it. Or if you look up Will Days on um, Instagram, that'll come up too. And also, I have a website, obviously by the same name, timmerwork.ca. Uh, those are two best places to find me. I'm not super active on Facebook. Can you just mention again the markets you're coming to, the Christmas market? So the big biggest one um, they should definitely everyone should go to is the um, Own Sound Artisan Show, which is the first weekend of December. The first one I'll be going to it's in Port Elgin at the West Club Link, I believe it's called. Um, that's November third and fourth, and then I will be on the nineteenth of November. I will be at the Best Western Show in Own Sounds uh, on the eighteenth of November. I will be in Thornberry, that's a community center. And then on the 25th of November, I will be at a place called Kimber Valley. Yeah, the Artisan Show, I believe it's called. Uh, it's over near Kimberly. And yeah, those are going to be the shows I'll be at this year. That's cool. And I should have asked this earlier, but yeah. uh, what kind of stuff do you sell there? Yeah, so mostly um, mostly jewelry. Um, I kind of make just like a variety of home decor, just whatever I'm kind of feeling at the moment. And it won't, I won't have them ready in time for my first show, but I'm also going to be getting into like picture frames and clocks and stuff like that, some wall art. Um, That's very cool. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, just like, yeah, kind of small knickknack jewelry kind of thing. Um, yeah, if you want furniture, you can just talk to to me. <laughs> very cool. Well, thanks, Will. I loved this conversation. It was really interesting to meet you and hear your story. I... I'm really excited to see meet you at the Westlink show. I'll come up and introduce myself. Nothing to do that. But yeah, thank you very much for having me on. I was really happy to you know, talk about myself. So I really appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, it's a really cool thing you're doing here. So I'm excited to see what you do with it.